0: Yeah, Gabe, you were telling us about how the tiny cupboard is now like the, the grizzly pear.
1: Oh, boys, boys, boys. I, I did the tiny cupboard last night. It was 40 degrees outside on this windswept <laughs> rooftop. And uh, I think we- if comedians keep doing live shows out there, we're all going to be dressed like the Night's Watch. Yeah. Just like... <laughs>
0: you know what i mean (laughs) because like when you're doing stand-up you're supposed to wear like a black shirt you know and just like nothing you know that's like really would like draw attention to anything besides what you're saying yeah not everyone can afford like a pea coat like you're ever people are gonna have like these weird puffy ski jackets and you know people are just gonna have like really yeah like night's watch gear and stuff yeah just like, like pelts yeah, just like pelts <laughs> made out of
1: uh, uh, beavers that have been trapped in the Hudson River,
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, were- <laughs> or just like really, real, like just like just like stuff that you got from like a secondhand store that just, you know that says like you know, so from some clothing brand that doesn't exist anymore. You know, like how did you how how did you get a a, a coat that was made out of like a soda that doesn't what's the name of that soda? Shit, sorry. Tab. Soda? tab. Tab is soda. now gone. <laughs> yeah. Sure. How do how do you get a tab soda coat? I don't understand how you did like, uh, it's or t- or like oh. uh, one
1: of those waterproof dusters that you got from uh, Marlboro if you had like um, uh, like a million Marlboro miles. Yeah. You could order yeah. one of those. <laughs> like where? <laughs> <laughs> that would. I'm just thinking about
2: man, David. That is supremely high fashion to have just like a huge trench coat with just like a giant tab logo <laughs> <laughs> so if you walk around in the fashion district someone would be like i will give you ten thousand dollars for that
0: coat <laughs> they'd love it the fashion district of bushwick certainly uh i mean yeah i mean it's like you have to have the the look and part of the look is no shorts and uh as little like signifiers as possible of really anything and gabe <sighs>
1: Hashtag yeah. no logo. Hashtag Naomi Klein. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we're yeah. We're so I was doing that show last night, and it's uh we're we're at the end of the season, I think. Um, I am not foreseeing doing any more live shows after my I'm doing well before this is going to come out. But on Monday, on Mondays, I was doing a um, backyard show in Bedstuy. Yeah, and we would have a temp temperature gun uh, at the front. We would wear masks required the whole time. Uh, unless you're seated having a drink, and then we would socially distance all the chairs outdoors. So, but this—that's basically we're—we're we're done doing live shows, and yet I'm seeing this thing that is so disturbing to me. Um, you know, I'm temperature l- guns are
0: canceled now,
1: right? Oh uh, well, dude, it's all cosmetics
3: it's all it's all
0: yeah. flim flam to make people feel better <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh it's flim
0: flam for sure <laughs> whatever yeah. gets you through the day man i don't know yeah you have to sleep at night
1: dude it's like seat belts on airplanes like get oh, out of yeah. here yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's
0: like the, it's like the nuclear test that the kids had do in the 50s. They go under the desk like, come on, that's, <laughs> you know, yeah, the problem with is, Hiroshima, is... your desks weren't sturdy enough. That's why eighty thousand yeah. people died. Yeah. Yeah. No, th- this is this is
2: this is only good if the airplane is upside down. Like, it's all, like someone has to literally come in there just sort of like blah, blah, for the temperature gun. And you're just going to be like, get out get out <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah i mean i just assume that if we were if they wear the masks and we're outdoors the whole time and we're seated far enough apart it doesn't matter if one person uh is riddled with the virus uh, riddled, with rona. Know, riddled with rona it, it'll be fine uh those virus particles will get um diluted in the uh open air outside oh yeah but what i'm seeing now are uh shows are going underground they're going indoors and they're hmm. still socially distancing indoors, but I'm uh, like, any time I see a performer's name on a lineup for an indoor show, I'm like, cool. This dude failed middle school health class.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this this indoor I, comedy I show. Mean, this indoor comedy show brought to you by Chabad Lubavitch Hasidic Judaism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: and, oh, and comics have pushed back though. Uh, a couple performers have pushed back. Some. Some are like, well, you know, uh, th- uh, uh, there's a risk to do anything there's a risk uh to go outside you might get hit by a car there's a risk uh (laughs) what are you going to live your whole life in in a cocoon wearing your diaper in your safe Mm -hmm. space you little snowflake Uh and uh, to that i say look i'm a daredevil too if i was at the beach right now and there were a bunch of people in the water and the lifeguard said hey there's a there's a shark spotting i'm still going in the water because that shark's not going after a little bony tony like me they're going after a thick snack
3: (laughs) You know, they're going,
1: they're going yeah. after a heavy cream boy before they go after uh like little little uh, skeletal Gabe Pacheco. Gabe yeah. Gabe
0: has not uh, gained a COVID fifteen. <laughs> no, if anything, no. I've
1: lost weight through my inactivity. I've lost muscle mass. <laughs> um, I'm just on this futon all day, like like one of those uh those Matrix human batteries. Like, yeah. just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're like
0: you're like, you're like, you're, you're like a, a leg in a cast
1: <laughs> but uh yeah. but like i said i would get in the water if there was a shark okay but this is the difference um if i wanted to hop into an olympic-sized swimming pool to do a dozen laps and somebody said hey man a couple people just took uh, squirty dumps in that pool <laughs> It there's a there's it's not a risk probability it's a hundred percent I'm gonna get doo-doo particles all over my body yeah yeah 100%. so yeah that's also, what doing like, an indoor show is
0: yeah and and also like <laughs> to extend that analogy like you having doo-doo on your skin affects other people too like you, <laughs> like like to to really make that analogy fitting for the COVID era is like are you gonna go swim fifteen laps in a doo-doo... Swimming pool, and then go be like a naked sushi model at a high end restaurant. You know, where right? We're gonna uh. eat sushi off of your doo doo <laughs> skin. Like you're not, because you are not only risking yourself, you're risking other people. That's you know?
1: right. Like I don't want to go if I see your name on an indoor show lineup, and I'm at the tiny cupboard, and I see you, and you try to get next to me and like close talk me, bro, bro. Uh, no. <laughs> that's ha- hand to the face it's not happening <laughs> miss me with that
2: yeah I'm, i i would emph- i would emphasize as a person who hasn't done comedy since march uh and has a little bit of distance from it, it is that like i could say with 100% certainty that like many comics are fucking stupid like like they don't yeah, like the reason we get so far is because we're like the only you know, like D and D trait that is actually maxed out is like the charisma part.
3: (laughs) So it's Uh, like, you could
2: have, you could have people just saying utter horseshit, just like, just like vibing riffing for an hour and saying nothing. So like when they're just like, I don't know, dude, I just don't think this is this. And you're just like, you're wrong.
0: This whole, (laughs) you're wrong. This whole whole like comedians (laughs) as philosophers thing is truly showing its dark colors now. It's yes. just like showing how wrong that was. Comedians are perverts. Comedians <laughs> are like don't work anywhere else. Like you become a comedian because you cannot do anything else, or it's a way to help you beca- stay sober without going to AA meetings. You know, like you don't <laughs> like you don't become a comedian because like oh well I dropped out of uh, my PhD program at Harvard and. Uh, this seemed like a more streamlined way to get the gospel out about this is the way i'm going (laughs) to reach those kids yeah no no you're not going to reach those kids you're a disgusting (laughs) buffoon and tell a heart
3: (laughs) joke you know like you're
0: you're horrible the people want to see you be horrible and uh yeah man
1: i just didn't want to be on the wrong side of history like like another thing too is what if you get photos taken of you? It's documented that you're inside doing these shows. Now, 30 years from now, when people are studying the pandemic of 2020, uh, and uh, Ken Burns' grandson or granddaughter makes a documentary, do you really want images of yourself to be, to be put out there? Like, And then these idiots continue to super spread everything in, the, in Stress Factory, like
0: at, <laughs> at an indoor show. Yeah. Can he yeah. Oh.
1: I mean, oh, the
2: the the true, just like Columbus, Christopher Columbus, fucking psychos out there are the people who have like what I would call medium careers. Like they're they're doing stuff. Like they do make money off of comedy, like ninety percent of comedians. Well, mm, I'm gonna say this is like the top five percent, maybe top ten percent. Like they're 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 making some money doing it, and they're saying, okay, well, there's no indoor shows in like the Northeastern corridor of the United States or certain parts of the United States. So what I'm going to do is get on a plane and go down to Florida or Louisiana or Texas where there are no restrictions (laughs) on going inside. And they're just like, time to fuck. Like I'm going into Mordor, dude. I'm here. I have you know what's worth it to me? Making this $2000 <laughs> so, And
0: those could so <laughs> hate them for doing this.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> carpet baggers. For, yeah. Corona yeah. carpet baggers. Absolutely. Like they don't like it, you. You're bringing you're literally a, a disease vector.
2: Yeah. I I the 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 I can't even remember if I mentioned this or not, but at at one point in time there was when we were probably in August or July there was this one club in Oklahoma, of all places, that had, like, fucking Michelle Wolf, Louis C.K., like, uh, other, like, big names. And it was because, like, they were open. And, like, those people were just sort of like, I don't care. I don't care. I
1: will. I'll kill people. I'll kill people. <laughs> you know? I just feel like, uh, and I've also heard comics say, uh, what about money? You know, I I need to pay the bills, and, and and if the price is right, I'll do it. And I'm like, yeah, I've heard that before. You know, uh, I've heard sex workers be like, uh, yeah, if you pay enough, I'll you could take the condom off. Like, right. there's something really sure. like, why would if if the price is, why would you jeopardize your life just for uh, uh some money for rent, for rent?
0: Yeah, you and can like.
2: That 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 it, it, and it gets into a weird nebulous zone. I I mean honestly, the people were like, I don't understand why they're doing it, but I can understand why it it like looks murkier because that's where their career is. Like you have to get to like Kyle Kinne, like that, or or somebody like around that area where it's just sort of like, okay, I've clearly invested twenty years at this. So how do I start making money? And then that's where you like literally you're like, all right, I'm talking to my agent. I'm going to start doing more. Com- I want to start doing more commercial work. I, I right. can't do this thing right now where I'm like doing just you where I'm just literally getting on a tube, going 30,000 feet into the air and then going down to like fucking, you know, like uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, and then right. potentially killing myself and others. I have to do something else. But everybody else. It has to be like all right, time to figure the time to figure out how, what it, what it means to do work again if you weren't already doing
0: that. Like don't kid yourself. <laughs> look, look, John Mullaney got a TV writing job. Like people adjust. This is not a difficult thing. Like Gabe, okay, I have a question. How many yeah. other people are really are like are competing with you guys on the Zoom comedy show thing? I don't see it that much as like a legit weekly show
1: that's right uh and well i think a lot of people have have not invested their energies into zoom comedy because the weather was nice and we're gonna see a mushrooming now of more zoom shows but they won't have the same track record of uh of producing good events yet like they're gonna have, there's gonna be a learning curve yeah um so for now everyone come check out funhouse comedy (laughs) uh because we've got the best zoom show on the block and our IG is uh, a funhouse comedy.
0: Have you guys one, been one word. Have you guys like had an increased audience ship? We we
1: had a we had a huge um audience. It's it's been a roller coaster. So right at the beginning mm. we had um much more audience when people were scared yeah. to go out. Right. And then during the summer it dropped off and now it's it's uh, picking back up. Right. And all of that's understandable cuz it's yeah. like if it's nice out, why not go for a walk after work? instead of like sitting on your laptop for longer right yeah
2: people people really have an opportunity here to not only do stand-up you know online but i mean if you're a kind of a weird multimedia comic or some version of that you know fucking the sky is the limit baby you could if you're wait who's that guy who um who's uh a dating Abby Abby Bryant or uh, from SNL um who's insane Connor Connor O'Malley yeah if you're if you're a Connor O'Malley type this is like this is an, the ultimate sandbox where you can like literally do the weirdest strangest bits that you've ever done that would be kind of hard to do in person but if you like set up your own like backdrop your own your own multimedia setup on your end. And then they're like, all right, now coming to the stage is this
0: person. It's like, it's like doing a one act play. And that's like a
2: huge, that's really
0: entertaining. (laughs) Stand up is not the only medium for comedy. And that's kind of like what we were saying before we were recording is like, stand up is a bar trick. Like it is one way to do comedy. There is also like people who are professional comedians don't largely don't just do stand-up chappelle did sketch comedy that's how he got big his stand-up was big came after he got he was doing acting and sketch comedy from what i understand at least um like this is one of many things that you should be able to do and people who are not pivoting to other things um you know for example the greatest comedic medium of all time financial journalism podcasting then you need to like figure out what else is out there, you know <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think,
2: yeah, I, I think it'll be incredibly interesting to watch uh, who, for lack of a better word, innovates, and then the people who are just sort of like, no, no, the only way, the only reason I did this is so I could say slurs on stage. No, 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 you know,
1: right. You know what the right pivot is, boys. The right pivot is going into um, um, uh, coaching. Professional coaching online with my uh, elite YouTube series.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Seamless. Seamless.
2: Seamless. Yeah. If you can't write a joke,
0: it's best to become a coach for helping people write jokes. That's the real, that's that's the way to do it.
1: Well, what I've started to do, I'm starting a coaching school for other people that want to coach people who maybe want to coach people. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so yeah. because that's really where it's at it's not about it we now live in an experiential economy it's not about having material things it's about uh developing yourself and having mind-blowing uh interactions with uh chill-ass coaches like me
3: mm-hmm.
0: I- i'd like to yeah i'd like to create a network a consortium if you will of coaches of coaches like gabe and uh take in five percent, if that's cool. Uh, I'm, just gonna, wow. yeah, I'm just gonna connect you to all the coaches of coaches if that's if that's okay with you, Gabe. That's do you know what yeah. I'm really
1: into? Passive incomes.
0: And <laughs> yeah. Ronald
1: Reagan, Ronald Reagan talked a lot about a trickle-down economy, but what, what I'm getting at right now is a trickle-up economy. If everybody trickled up five percent of what they make to the top of this coaching pyramid, yeah. We we to all me. win.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I need you to, I need you to, f- I need you to pump this water up, up, physically up.
1: <laughs> okay, now, so- I, I think you all are skeptical because you two are are on the first floor and I'm on the second floor, but we're building something that's great. We're building something that's mind blowing. We we're looking a propriet- for like, an- we have a proprietary
0: <laughs> technology that is not technically patented, but is emotionally patented by us that we are selling to you in this exclusive offer to become a member to join uh, the uh, experience of a lifetime in a network of professionals like you to optimize your synergy in growing your potential. Oh, That's right. God. You, you <laughs> gave
2: me an aneurysm. <laughs> you just gave me an aneurysm, David.
0: That's Oh, my God.
1: And geez. by technology, I'm talking about this writing prompt.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it certainly isn't a satellite. Which is called dating ge-
0: is hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Who's swiping? (laughs) Yeah, Your Uh, your first
2: first prompt, who is swiping? (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah, okay, everybody. You're going to have 15 minutes to free write on this prompt. And now this is a copywritten prompt. And you can't use this technology unless you're doing it with me. Ready? Uh Uh, The prompt. Uh, Women be shopping. Discuss.
3: (laughs) Right. Also, right? yeah, yeah. If
0: you bring bring the every time you tell that joke, you automatically owe Gabe five percent. But you actually owe because I am controlling the consortium. You actually owe Gabe five uh, Gabe percent, me 15 percent. And because Danny is actually the owner of the emotional intellectual property, you owe him 20 mm-hmm. percent of all of you your do. bar show earnings that you make from, <laughs> that you make from women be shopping.
1: Now, David and Danny, because of the fact that you two got in on the ground floor of this amazing opportunity, and you're the second level of uh, what we'll call the golden pyramid here, um, I'm actually <laughs> not going to publish or write anything, and I'd, actually, I'd like to step away from the limelight and have the two of you kind of just talk about how amazing I am. And, uh, yes. and whatever technologies that you—the gospel that you spread— yeah. You know, uh, you're the you're the techno gospel of uh, of high of achievement and um, Mm. and and uh, whatever, uh, helping the world through your own selfishness, which is. Yes.
0: Yes. I like to think of I I like to think of Gabe as in in some ways kind of like a a St. Paul, you know, in in the sense Mm -hmm. that he is spreading the word of someone who died. But the person who died is actually alive, and that person is actually Danny Feltz. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: and in some I'm ways,
0: alive. what was amazing about St. Paul, and in really a lot of ways, was like Gandhi and Einstein before him. Uh, he saw the potential in every single one of us as being interconnected to the potential of him and yeah and now, his growth was actually everyone else's growth and even if he grew to the detriment of other people him growing was actually their growth simultaneously even when they shrank
1: now you know what i love is that you brought up one one of our uh, uns- unsung heroes and prophets someone that not enough people study einstein <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes, now. Every, yes. At, at each,
2: everybody's everybody's pupils are the size of dinner plates like, everybody there's an insane look on the zoom call right now it's just yeah. getting fostered
1: danny danny you haven't unlocked your potential yet okay mm-hmm. because you uh, think what? Yeah. what is your body made up of atoms yeah what's water and what happens water. what happens when you split an atom baby you can irradiate an entire, the mm-hmm. amount of power inside of you. Uh, could de- You could unleash power that could destroy a city with hundreds of thousands of people. Yes. Or power that could light up uh, all of the skylines in mm-hmm. uh, the United States of America. That Danny, power is inside of you, Danny. Danny, Danny if you <laughs> join
0: our program, you can blow up a city. That's <laughs> yeah. that's what we're promising you with this program I, with this what, mental, yeah. with this with this comedy coaching network infrastructure system
2: what what you have to do is you have to, we're going to take you up to the exosphere the p- area right before the uni- the the earth turns into space we're going to strap you to a bunch of boulders and as we all know you know that mass once it reaches a critical velocity will turn it, make it so when you hit the ground you'll make a a crater that will uh, send up a, a, a gigatons of ash into the to the atmosphere, much like and the, then blot out the sun.
0: Much like the plot of Armageddon, this concept is foolproof and perfect. What yes. are we talking
1: <laughs> about today, boys? We
0: are talking about
1: Keith Raniere and the Nexium Cult. Oh, yes, yeah. I didn't even know how to pronounce that for the longest time, and yeah. uh, I think. I prefer it when people just just spell things out the way they're supposed to.
0: Mm-hmm. Like NGMT. Yeah.
1: Thank you. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly like that.
1: Nexium. Yeah. So, Nexium.
0: If it weren't uh, a cult, then it definitely would have been like, uh, a, like a 2012. Uh, what was the name of that subgenre that was dubstep? Oh my god, you guys! Oh yeah. It, this, I thought this was a dubstep DJ anyways
1: uh subgenre what are you talking about that's all i (laughs) (laughs) that's my 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 primary motivating music when writing out my uh my bits New new,
2: pon- yeah.
0: new Ponzi scream theme song. It's just yeah. step step.
2: That's what I listen to when I'm walking down the street, and you can see me like just sort of like jolting and moving around like the spider from Wild Wild West. Just
3: like
0: so. So
1: I didn't watch The Vow, which has been on tv lately but i did read this um this article in the paris review called uh the corporate feminism of nexium and it came out october 29th 2020 and it was written by alice bolin mm-hmm. so i just uh shout, out to I, alice. shout outs to alice man i really i really liked her writing and i thought this was a perfect article for ponzi screen because it's got all of these elements to it that we kind of tackle uh and and, and it's this bu- it's a base with all of the elements right it's like mm-hmm. there's personal growth seminars oh, yeah. uh there's multi-level marketing schemes oh yeah there yeah. is uh there is also just it is a ponzi's ponzi scheme uh, yes yeah <laughs> there's a bunch of rich people who were duped and oh, yeah. um exploited a lot of people lost their money oh yeah um and it deals, and it's also sort of critiquing uh, corporate feminism or this concept of post-feminism, which is which uh, Alice brings up multiple times in this right. piece. So, well, I mean, which yeah. is
0: unfortunate because when I think of Ponzi scream, I mean, we are kind of like we're inspired by the the Lean In book. You know, I mean, that, which I find that a little hurtful. You know, some of those, some of these, some of these criticisms were cut a little too close to home uh because i i just feel like we are corporate feminism in a lot of ways so
1: yeah i i, I had mm-hmm. to cover up my uh cheryl sandberg um uh a portrait that i have on my bicep yeah. while reading this <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah
0: let's first go into can, Gabe. can you tell us what is nexium and what, oh sure yeah
1: uh, I'd love to. So there was this guy named Keith Raniere, and he was recently found guilty on seven counts of racketeering and sex trafficking. Oh yeah. And, oh. Uh, this uh, oh so sad. And this yeah. month he was sentenced to 120 years in prison. Oh yeah. So, Old Keith Mount Rainier. Uh, what was he? <laughs> what was he doing? Our our boy started this um this cult that really uh, uh preyed upon wealthy women that was like the main um the main demographic that he was going after and he uh he got his start um as an amway salesman in the 80s so nice. he he picked up a lot of his techniques from the multi-level marketing uh culture you know right. and um Nexium uh they they provided what they called like technology like right. the the lessons that, and they were right. as it says That's here right. in the article it's like a proprietary blend of therapeutic models cribbed from cognitive behavioral therapy, Scientology and Rand's theory of objectivism, multi-level marketing sales techniques and neuro-linguistic programming. Oh yeah. This is
2: this is this is hilarious. This is Uber being like we're not a ride sharing service, we're a technology company. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, no, no.
2: no, We're not a sex cult, all right? We're just making people better at the workplace. So they,
0: they had this uh, thing called the Executive Success Program. Was kind uh-huh. of the, that was the technology that they were selling, which is what Gabe was describing. It was the, the blend of all of the cool things that we all love.
1: Yes. And, it, and uh, in a lot of ways, like I've heard stuff like this before, if you've ever done like a landmark seminar, they have like the, you know, the executive training weekend, you know, or uh, yeah. so you can find um, self-improvement seminars like this all over the place. And they always offer an elite program. Once you go through the basic program, you can join up for even more money to, to get yeah. higher up in the so- uh, hierarchy.
0: I watched, uh, spoiler alert, I watched, like, the first three episodes of The Vow, and uh-huh. they have um, They have these, like, uh, little, sh- what are these called, like, little scarves, you know, yeah. like, that you get at a graduation, you know, if you have, like, uh-huh. honors or whatever? It, they're kind of like those, and those like signify a, your yeah. rank, basically, in it, and so you go from student, uh, then you become a proctor, and then you become a senior proctor, and I think there's one more in between it. And there's like all these, little, it's like a karate belt, basically. And you're wearing it all the time. And you get little stripes on your karate belt and you're wearing it around you. And that's your way of showing your ability to communicate and be a proctor for these ESP programs. And what it is, is they oftentimes, it's like an interview where you'll bring someone onto the stage and everyone's around, they're watching you. And basically, you just get the the proctor to ask the student, questions about their life it's like where do you see yourself where do you see yourself in five years um like who is your childhood mentor who do you regret burning at some point in your life and basically it takes people who have been so alienated by their careers and in their lives who have never been asked like meaningful questions no one that's has ever right ask someone like how are you you know what i mean and that's kind of one of these yeah. like like, I mean, yeah, I mean, it really, it, that's like basically what this ESP program is, is you get, you pay 2000 to $10,000 per seminar or whatever for someone to ask you how you're doing. And that's, <laughs> that's the majority of this proprietary technology. And it makes people feel so good because especially for people who are like in the arts, living in Los Angeles, it's so cutthroat. You don't have any real friends. You don't trust anyone. You've been picked up and chewed out, uh, spit out by the, by the music or entertainment industry, you have no one. And so you're going to spend all of your disposable income to join a community of people who are like you and actually want to know how you're doing. That's right. And when, and the higher the price is,
1: the, um, the more I would say that you are invested in the wishful thinking, You know, there's a sunken cost fallacy, right? If I don't pay anything, if you say, hey, this is a free show and I come in, then my expectations are very low. But if I pay a thousand dollars for it, I'm gonna, my brain is going to work really hard to rationalize me um, coming to this event.
0: Right. There's there's actually like, um, I've heard like anecdotal evidence of people who are like trying to like sell real estate or cars or like wine to like. You know Saudi royalty and stuff like that, and yeah. I don't know. Wh- I don't. Know, someone, I don't know who told me this, uh, but like probably at a bar, right? Like th- that basically, you couldn't. The people who are lowballing were actually were doing terribly. But if you were whoever was offering the highest price was doing the best because that's these right. People don't know anything about wine, don't know anything about the experience. They just want the price tag, and they assume the price tag means the best thing. That's the same thing with these like wealthy Angelinos who don't know what real friendship is. And so they're just going to pay the highest price tag, assuming that more money equals more friendship.
2: Yeah. yeah. Plus, the, plus their brain is all just like re uh, is rewired in a weird way. It's like, this isn't 1930 where it's like, if you spend $10,000 on anything, you're going to get like a 3000 pound milling machine or like a car or something that has like actual functional mechanical use. You're paying $10,000 for an experience. Right. So your brain is all mis- miswired and just sort of like, "Oh, I spent all this money, but it's like, no, you can you can leave. This isn't like you're trapped with this big thing. It's you're not trapped in this experience." Well, Gabe,
1: are so, they trapped? Uh they are so trapped (laughs)
2: what's they
3: uh, feel trapped
1: they feel very trapped there's a okay so there's there's a bunch of things that i wanted to to touch upon but we we can talk about the coercive um elements of this the first coercive element of this is that with um all of these programs where you have to disclose things about yourself to accelerate intimacy among strangers your people are giving away um their valuable information, right? They are yeah. the uh, classic Scientology. They're set classic. right. So you know, in Catholicism, that would have been uh, confession. You know, what makes right. you think that the priest yeah. is gonna is gonna keep you um, keep what you say confidential? That's just stop snitching on yourself. But then in uh, Scientology, they have auditing, right? So the auditing they would record people giving confessions, in Nexium. They would uh n- women who joined would have to send compromising photos of themselves right so they would have to send is, nudes
0: yeah, so this is like so they this is the weird thing about it is that nexium has like its whole like executive success program, and what where Rainier really got in trouble this is what the the show was kind of saying is that he got in trouble, there was this offshoot of it because the ESP program had like all these different little groups there was like a a men's honor program and then there was like a you know like an athlete's program there's like all these different offshoots that people could join Mm. and Mm -hmm. one of them was the secret sorority where women had to send quote collateral which was the blackmail and in order to gain access to this sort of thing um that's what gabe's talking about yeah um, yeah. it was called collateral for some reason
1: I mean, in gangs, work like this too, right? It's like it. Uh, you you got to do dirt to get into the gang. What's your initiation? Are you sexed in, or do you murder somebody to get in? Did you commit an act of violence? Something where everyone has that on you now.
0: Yeah, I mean, and we had that for Ponzi scream.
1: So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yo, stop, yeah. stop snitching. Stop snitching. Oh my god. Yes. Oh,
2: those those photos I sent over were so compromising. <laughs> uh, cut, cut to just a picture of me, just like going
1: like. Hey. (laughs) Yeah. So to, to quote the article, it says, uh, how, uh, how were over a hundred women convinced to join a secret organization where from the beginning they were called slaves forced to collateralize their commitment with naked photos and secret confessions and vow loyalty to their masters for life. Uh, and then it says one answer is that many of these women had already internalized the belief that they were weak and spoiled and had no ability to work for anything. So this kind of goes back to, like, the demographic. You know, every cult or whatever your organization is, you have to figure out who your clients are and then tailor your message to those clients. And right, yeah. uh, it says um, the the he, story. He, yeah, go on.
0: Yeah, I mean, he talks about that in the documentary. Like, the whole thing is, like, when you're training to become a proctor, like, they are like, oh, we recognize that this is manipulative and misleading but it's for good because the, the ESP program is good for people. This is people need to be misled into this program. And that's like the ideology that they're kind of creating. And one thing that's very strange about it is that they keep going back to like, don't have a victim mentality, have confidence in yourself. And the whole thing is just saying like, write that novel, write that screenplay, just do it. And like, but really what <laughs> people end up doing is you end up getting into this program where you are quote, given the confidence to write it. But you don't actually end up writing it. You end up joining the program.
1: Do you know what, man? My coach, my master in this program, really taught me a lot about coaching and being a master. And what I think uh, yeah. I want to do is when I started, I thought I wanted to write a script. But what I rea- really realize now, my calling, is uh, is to help other people get into this program. Yes, yes yeah
0: yes
2: yeah you know yeah no it, yeah literally we're th- they're trying to do one thing and then it's just
0: sort of like now let's just take that motivation and just move it uh, over here yeah <laughs> so it can help me so when they start getting into like talking about this like master slave stuff like they'll be like don't have a victim mentality this is you, this is this is all part of the sorority like you this is not a by you criticizing this, that's that's you embracing the victim mentality.
3: That's right. It's like <laughs> honestly,
0: da- honestly, David, honestly, David, you talking about
2: being my slave—that's a pretty victimized mentality. Yeah, uh, like- I don't know why you're talking about being my slave like that. It's pretty negative of at, you. At a certain point,
0: this is like all right-wing Randian ideologies. You are only have a victim mentality when you are doing something that disagrees with Rainier. If you are doing something that agrees with Rainier, you're alpha. If you're doing something that disagrees with them, you are a cuck, basically. And that's kind mm-hmm. of what he's putting in people when they're criticizing uh, the, the master sex slave uh, relationship.
1: Right. Well, he also, he had this, um, there's a, a, a misogyny to the message, right? But the misogyny to the message was perfectly tailored to his targets so it's like one quote here was uh uh, but this is the story of a sheltered upbringing the the story of a sheltered upbringing was true for some women and and i can imagine that the child actors and heiresses of nexium when a rainier derided the women as spoiled princesses it felt personal Right. So like Sarah Brom, uh, Bromfman, who was um, an heiress to the Seagram Fortress. Uh, mm-hmm. Fortune.
2: I, I, I loved I love that. <laughs> right. Like one of
1: the she's like a multi, multi, multi millionaire. And she said it's quoted coming from a family where I never had to earn anything before in my life. It was a very, very moving experience. Right. To like to be part of this Nexium thing, because it she felt like she was earning things by her own merit. Yeah, right.
2: I, I, we we're gonna need we're gonna need so. your 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 ties to help us get linked up with the precious Seven Up consortium.
3: <laughs> right. What,
2: make, what makes
0: these people such perfect spe- specimens for this, and perhaps why Los Angeles is like home to so many of these multi level marketing schemes, is the fact that there is such a demographic of people who have insane amounts of unearned income. Recognize that they have unearned income, feel like they've done nothing with their lives, and feel completely alienated by society. Otherwise, and yeah, this is makes them a perfect target for something like this. It, it feels like a
1: secular version of the prosperity gospel. You know, when you prosperity gospel, you'll see like even Donald Trump. He um he listened to this guy, uh, Reverend Vincent Peel who basically who wrote like mm, basically yeah. the power of positive thinking. Oh yeah. You know, and and this is a a secular version of of that, right? That's like mixing all of these things that are you know, prosperity gospel is is trying to weave capitalism and spirituality together. Cool. Right? Yeah. Just like Jesus wanted. Just like him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just what he wanted. But mm. it's sa- it says here you have there there's another quote here um which is uh, the, the people joining Nexium would say things like, I pledge to ethically control as much of the money, wealth, and resources of the world as possible within uh. my success plan. Right. And the idea was that uh, if, if you uh, have all of these resources, then you can do something good for the world with them.
3: Mm -hmm. right so like let
1: me become a superhero by accumulating hoarding all of this wealth so that i can do good with the wealth yeah yeah yeah. it
2: it, it's so wild because you know cults are not a obviously not a new thing in the 20th century um but this what is this what feels so different because you know if you have like the branch davidians and uh oh fuck what's the guy who had the 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 sunglasses who went down to
1: jim uh, jones
2: Jim Jones, the People's That's Temple, right. the People's mm-hmm. Temple. You got you got those you got those cults, but they're like largely poor, and like the only way they were able to get by is like they would have like one or two, um, like wealthy people in it, but it was like very minimal. And then you know one one bankroller, but this is uh so bizarre and like hyper hyper real because large swaths of the people involved have. Like all this expendable cash.
3: What,
0: you this, know? what this reminds me of more is like Wild, Wild Country. Like the, is it the Rajneeshis? Yeah, that, Osho. You know, yeah, with Osho. I mean, that is demographically who we're talking about. And that was kind of like in the 80s of this like pseudo spiritualism, embrace of capitalism, have kind of like a free love ideology to a degree. Like Nexium didn't really have that on its face, but this kind of secret sex society that by the way, like the, the documentary goes into like, these women were branded, literally were branded with like mm-hmm. a branding iron to join this sex cult society. And like the people at the very top were like all given the privilege of having sex with Keith. Right. So like they uh, they it was, um, they were doing a lot. Right. Uh, but it really reminds me a lot of that sort of group and milieu, uh, I guess, to a degree.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then this article kind of, it it talks a little bit about um, this idea of corporate feminism and that uh, all of this was intimately uh, linked to the perverted corporate feminism the group preached, which held that the success of elite women would trickle down to more marginalized women, all the while ensuring the opposite was true. Corporate feminism is one brand of white feminism, and they are both the close conferees of post-feminism, an enfeebled feminist marketing uh, that gained ascendance in the 90s by emphasizing consumer freedom, lifestyle choice, uh, especially the choice to conform to traditional gender norms, and the success of women within the capitalist framework. Totally.
2: Yeah. The what the, the the one of the funniest quotes here is how like the like so the the people who were like involved in like some of the worst abuses were like I think they say they were part of like a a club or whatever that was like the badass bitch club <laughs> you know <laughs> that was like yes this is the group that uh is sexually assaulted by uh, by Keith Rainier. like that's what that's that's
1: insane you know. Right, right. I mean, so you see these like uh, with any cult, you see um, what would it be, uh, decent uh, initial impulses perverted uh, and and refocused by the, the by the manipulative dude at the top. Like the right. idea of women getting together and uh, creating like uh, sororities, uh, it's great. Right. <laughs> but when it's all focused towards um, fulfilling the sexual appetites. Of like a lazy, pathological liar at the top of the pyramid. That's you know, that's a yeah. problem.
0: I mean, it's like the, the that's show, never good. The the, the 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 little like subcult of Nexium was DOS or whatever the do, the dominant yeah it, or whatever sorority. They um they still had this like oppression replicating this oppression hierarchy onto mm-hmm. things because it was like, but it was somehow woke to do that because women were doing it to each other. Yeah. And that's I feel like is kind of the crux of it is they're not you're not just because women are doing it is not make it woke inherently oppression is still oppression. And really at the top of it anyways is still a man. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's not even really yeah. that feminist.
2: Yeah, the, he's the tease the tease the the little point. He's the little point at the very tippy top of the pyramid, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Right. And he did a really good job the of this um <sighs> having his early adopters be his be the face. Right. You know, it says here that he really didn't write anything. Um people didn't hear his personal message often. It was the women who were at the top of the py- uh, at like the second layer of the pyramid kind of um hyping him up. So getting that validation from right. powerful women then creates this this mystique, right? That's why when I start my own cult, I want you two to be the the early adopters that really spread the message.
3: <laughs> while I'm I,
1: ready. Will I I'm nap ready. on my futon?
0: Well, it's a clever yeah. way to like launder narcissism to say that it's someone else's idea, right? Like that's it, like, right. It, that's like like the ultimate. Like why didn't Malcolm X get killed? Because he became bigger than Elijah Muhammad and everyone knew it at a certain point. Like, yeah, it's it's, it's the same thing with St. Paul and Jesus. Like, you have the messenger be the one who's saying, like, no, no, I'm not a narcissist spreading this insane ideology. The real prophet is dead, actually, or is old and enfeebled and can't talk. Or the real prophet is this guy, Keith Rainier. Um, but I'm going to speak for him and show how I am a success story. Uh, and And the charismatic leader actually kind of displaces their charisma into a proxy in order to kind of allow for them for both parties to not come across as egomaniacs
1: yeah that i mean that's right it was like when in in russia when uh you know stalin uh when lenin died he immediately became like a giant saint and it was easy for stalin to hide behind well i'm just doing leninist things right now
0: right right um
1: or you'll, yeah. yeah, or you see that with the Republican Party um, becoming the cult of uh, Ronald Reagan. Like, it's very easy to hold him up as this saint now that he's dead.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and know? it's probably yeah. going to happen with Trump, realistically, right? Like, but
1: dude, 100%. In 20 years, people are going to be like, well, Trump didn't get us into any wars.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: And- right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean I think I think the the interesting part the most interesting part of this story is like you know it absolutely culminates in like a horrific you know like ah this is insane you know way a thing but it really does just it just starts with good old fashioned financial uh, financial, oh, oh, what's the word you're always saying? Chicanery. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Chicanery. <laughs> <laughs> it, dude, it always, I mean, like, that was the, the most bizarre part where they're like, yeah, he starts off doing, um, he starts off doing pyramid scheme yep. shit. Uh, the state of New York says you are not allowed to do this anymore in like 1996 or seven or something like that. And then he immediately breaks that <laughs> 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 and it says, I'm going to start another pyramid scheme. That sounds like a good, I love this triangle.
0: Yeah, baby.
1: Hell yeah. Uh, so uh, takeaways, my friends. My my, I'll, I'll start with mine. Uh, yeah. Don't join any cults. and uh and prosperity gospel is always is always wrong
0: my takeaway is if you see yourself in what's called a high pressure group uh you might be a cult member
3: (laughs) yeah (laughs) um
0: this is actually uh
2: kind of connects with this book that i'm reading um just sort of randomly it's called um born for love i think born for love or born to love or something like that and it's a book about empathy essentially and one one of the things that it it sort of talks about is this idea that like oh you know um there's been this big idea for a really long time especially in darwinism that like you know the the most the people who are the most um intense and competitive and what have you that's darwinism those people they rise to the top you know and then that idea sort of um gets uh that that idea sort of sort of gets distilled into ayn rand who was somebody that keith rainier was like uh, you know apparently read or was just espousing like his ideas are very close to that mm-hmm. but in this book that i'm reading it, it it's basically in recent years there's become this much more nuanced picture of what that mindset actually is which is pretty wrong it it, it basically says to that you know being empathic and being uh good for society and not just selfish for yourself um is good it's good to be altruistic and it's not saying it's not saying that you should basically w- go throughout your life and just be a doormat for people. They they've basically there's been not studies, but there's there's lots of um like tests and statistical um studies, statistical studies that have shown like if you're just a doormat, uh, you know, that that's not how kind of society, you know, uh progresses and what have you. And also it doesn't progress in the sort of like tit for tat like, you know, and we should always just be, like, swindling and grifting each other, it really hones in on the idea that, like, it's actually pretty decent and good to help people, even though um, there's this idea that Darwinism is the idea that the strongest should get to the top, you if- know? And, and like, the whole the whole mantra and, and the whole idea that Ayn Rand proposes where it's, like, we have to be singularly selfish um, and and all that stuff. It's really just fucking. It's it's fucking de- debunked. It's stupid. And always remember that that stupid asshole died in like a community home, <laughs> like like literally sucking right. off the teat of the state. Something she she abhorred, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you have to pay for friends, you might be in a cult.
3: Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, it's just like th- this is a. I really actually do very much pity these people, the Seagram's heiress, in a lot of ways it's like obviously she's a very wealthy white woman and stuff like that and but like this person didn't earn their fortune and they're just looking for meaning in this world yeah, they're just they, are, they, they, are. they don't know and they're so Im- like tied up in understanding value as being strictly commodified that they cannot escape that prism and see that. No, no, no! A real friendship and like community of people would not require two thousand to ten thousand dollars per session, or what, or class, or whatever. They, they can't, they can't see that. And um, the rich and the poor are all kind of, uh, can get easily, kind of uh, targeted by by this sort of ideology, uh, that that. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, there is no, um, we are a, we are a social animal humans yeah. need each other and you don't need money in this individualist ethos that created your your material circumstances perhaps for like the Seagrams people but we are a group of people uh that I don't know we we are we are I don't know that, well
2: I mean. well that the, su- the success win lifestyle is something that we should all be touting as debunked whenever Kevin Hart says all right guys we hustle hard this is how we got here etc cetera, etc cetera. you know like um okay i'm glad that you're a, maybe one of the most successful comedians in the
0: world now um shut the fuck up about that shit but that, right? that, that's <laughs> the, actually the, uh, bringing it back to comedy i think is a really interesting analog because like stand up okay so people will often asking me like uh you know what's better stand up or improv and i would usually say like of the 100 best comedic performances of all time, um, you know, 95 of them are stand-up comedy. But the top five are those just like lightning in a bottle improv shows that just happen to be the funniest things you've ever seen. Most of the yeah. time it's stand-up, but when you can get a group effort of doing improv, um, it's a really, really nice thing, and and stand up is one of the most alienating art forms to participate in. Um, watching it is really great, and when you're doing it, you're doing really well. You're soaking it all in. You do the whole thing, but life as a performer off stage is incredibly alienating, and that is, um, I don't know. It, it's you think about sorts of people who would be prone to schemes and scams um and someone who's pursuing stand up comedy is precisely that kind of person and that's why so much of the comedy industry is exploitative itself
1: hey friends if you're feeling alone if you're feeling alienated if you feel like uh no one's listening to you or understands your struggle you know maybe it's just time for you to man up and join my elite comedy coaching pyramid
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah or uh yeah uh that's the I like, mean, takeaway. Is, is it's $1,000 a
1: sesh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But aren't you worth it? How much money did you waste on college? Exactly. Yeah. Why would not you continue to learn and educate yourself with my program?
0: Yeah. It, if secret- you could have gotten an MFA in stand up, you would have. But here we are. This is basically an MFA in stand up comedy.
1: And it's a bespoke one, too. Everyone gets <laughs> their own personal, uh, handcrafted uh, curriculum.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you get you get to perform at one of the hottest clubs, uh, in in the entire world. Stage seventy-two on eighty <laughs> <laughs> on Columbus and seventy-second Street. That's that's your graduation it, package. No, made, no, it's, no. A, it's, a bringer show at that show.
2: It's the hottest club. Literally, it is a hundred degrees <laughs> in this club. <laughs> Everybody's in there. We're sweating. We're we're really feeling it out. We're in an enhanced bodily relationship with our laughter <laughs> it's it stinks in here <laughs> mm, delicious uh, yeah yeah
0: well okay that's uh i mean that's a really that was a thanks for sending that along gabe that's a that was a really interesting article um she also kind of talked about amy coney barrett a little bit uh, yeah but that's kind of uh th- th- that's for your own eyes check that out you know uh people who yeah are, who are listening uh she, yeah she yeah, we'll post
1: we'll post it in the show notes.
3: Like yeah. the, the article. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, literally, literally, if you are a,
2: um, the heiress to a gin company and you feel bad that you've never done anything with your life, I promise you, you could just go out into the street with hundred dollar bills and give them to homeless people. <laughs>
3: <And> <laughs> you could,
2: <laughs> if you have millions of dollars to your name, it's not hard to give away that money in a way that isn't giving $10,000 to a cult.
0: You could just do it. It's real right. easy. <laughs> um, or join DSA, everyone. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, that's it. Uh, this has been Ponzi Scream. I'm David.
1: Yay, yeah, I'm Gabe. Uh, I'm
2: Danny. And uh, yeah, join my... Uh, yeah, please give me that $100. I really need it. Oh, follow,
0: follow <laughs> us on, on Twitter, uh, Ponzi underscore Scream. And uh, we have a Facebook group as well. Join that as well, and also you know, like, listen. Ask to us questions. Ask
2: us. Ask us a question. Reach yeah. out to us. Yeah. Talk
0: to us. We want to hear from you about what what your cult relationship has been. Uh, okay. Oh, how about this? How about this? If you
2: leave a if you leave a five star review, I'll make you a tiny little bag with a zipper on it. How about that? Oh. How About that? How about that? How about that? I'm not above bribing the listeners. How about that? <laughs> leave a
0: <laughs> review. Leave yeah. a review. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Thanks so much. Ciao. Bye-bye. Bye.